Craig's back. So we got rid of him. I thought the best part about coming back to the studio was that we never had to use the Discord Craig bot again. Yeah. But alas, every time we start recording, <laughs> Churchy just goes, now nah, recording in his most Craig-like voice. Maybe I can throw a bottle cap over the over the sound booth. Easy. You reckon I can hit him? <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. Nah. You oh, ricochet off the roof. Hey! Oh, no bad, no bad. Yeah. Yeah. He, he took a bottle cap to the knee. <laughs> I used to be a podcaster like you, and I took a cap to the knee. <laughs> <laughs> I busted a cap in your knee. <laughs> oh, true. <clears throat> Hello and welcome. You are listening to Hobby Homies. We are your weekly war game and board game podcast. My name's Shane. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Fox. Howdy. And Churchy, behind the void. Churchy in the void. In the void. <laughs> uh, this is episode 19 of season two. And we are continuing on our little history of D&D. This is part two. This is part two of a deep dive. Yeah. And for those of you familiar with our deep dives, Shane locks himself in a little, I don't know, what is it, like a cave? Basically a, a cave, yeah. What are those things they have in America where they go in with the tornadoes? A bunk, like a basement? Yeah, a basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you lock yourself in a basement, you got a little uh, candlelit lantern, and you pour over books and archives I actually upgraded. I've got one of those light bulbs with a string that you pull it and it turns it on. Yeah. One of them? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I upgraded. <laughs> I got a computer <laughs> and electricity. No, I just a typewriter, dude. Oh, oh, that's why there's ink everywhere. I'm just covered in ink. Anyways, so the, I think the last ep, you talked about D&D being born. Yep. And now this one, you're going to talk about it growing up into a young adult. And you'll also cover, I think... A brief relationship it has with GW. Yes. Which, as GW fanboys, I'm excited about it. Oh, yeah. It was quite sexual. Oh. oh. Not really. Oh, okay. Let's <laughs> 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 well, temper expectations, everyone. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a completely PG-rated podcast, as Absolutely. always. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, our old mate, old friend Robert Kunst doesn't make an appearance in this episode. Well, at least you've mentioned his name <laughs> at least once for the cunts. I could have not. <laughs> Um, now, as always, we've got two giveaways happening this month. We've also got a terrain tournament happening with prizes and judges. Well, we'll talk about all that after Shane yeah. enlightens us. So stick around to the end of the episode and we'll talk about all that stuff. Yeah. Basically, uh, grab a beer or a coffee, which depends on what day, time of day you're listening. Yeah. We'll get stuck into it. Yeah. If it's 9am, grab a beer. Yep. If it's 3pm and you're, you're tired, grab a coffee. Grab a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, dude. <laughs> so if you haven't... Before you get too stuck into this one, go back and have a listen to Season 2, Episode 7. True. That episode covers the early years of Gary Gygax, the birth of D&D, the first Gen Con, and many clubs and groups formed along with uh, Don, Don K. Don K. Don K. Now, <clears throat> is this R.I.P. Don K? It is, unfortunately, oh, yeah. Man, yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. I was gutted for a whole week after. Anyway, yeah, it was... if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, Episode seven, season two. Yeah, beauty. <laughs> yeah. So last time we left, ju- we left off just as D and D was leaving the nest and taking flight. It's 1976. Brian and his father Melvin Bloom were the majority of the shareholders over Gary Gygax, as they needed to buy Don Kay's shares left to his wife after his tragic death. And she was a bit of a 
a bit of a, how do we say on a PG episode? <laughs> Not a nice person. No, nasty pasty. Nasty pasty, she, that one. Well, she didn't want anything to do with it, but right. she still wanted, like, I Money. think because of the royalties and also that. Yeah. yeah. So she still yeah. wasn't, they, she wasn't going to hand them over. Yeah. They had to buy them off her. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> TSR Hobbies had moved out from Gygax's house and into its first home, the Dungeon Hobby Shop. Ooh. And TSR had put on their first employees, one to rework their existing periodical into the Dragon magazine, and the other, Dave Arneson, who became part of the creative staff. He, uh, unfortunately, was let go after 10 months. So he sucked. Yeah, he didn't... Um, <clears throat> him and Gygax had a... Difference of opinion when it comes to the creative side of things. So he was bad. <laughs> yeah. His opinion was, what is it, sorry, is it Gygax? Gygax. Gygax. His Gax. opinion. Oh, Gacky. Sure. The Gaxmeister. <laughs> yeah, that's him. Uh, was like, <clears throat> we have a difference of opinion. My opinion is that you are bad. Yeah. <laughs> and your opinion is that you are not. That's so right. You're out. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, um, we will remember Arneson um, back from last episode. They, Him and Gary Gygax met at the second Gen Con. Um, okay. that would, they uh, collaborated creating the precursor to D&D called the role-playing game. Oh. Very original. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, at its time it was. Yeah, I was going to say it like, probably was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> it was around this time when Brian Bloom had sent a sample copy of, copy of D&D to Games Workshop founders Steve Jackson, not to be confused with a US designer by the same name who produced Munchkin, oh. Ian Livingstone, and John Peake. Oh, the, the three were so impressed by the richness and the imaginative qualities of the game that they reached out to TSR and became the first and exclusive distributor of Dungeons & Dragons in Europe in the 1970s. Mm. Uh, Games Workshop, founded in 1975, was originally a manufacturer of wooden game boards for games like Backgammon, Mancala, and Go. Also, last episode, Go was one of the first, was the first war game ever invented. Really? Chinese war game, yeah, back in like the 1300s. Interesting. Yeah. Um, After sealing the deal with TSR and then becoming a publisher of war games and role-playing games in its own right, they quickly expanded from a bedroom mail-order company to a full-fledged gaming store. Without the initiative of Bloom and these two small enterprises working together, it's uncertain what the future would have held for either. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You know, like they, well, yeah, it's, if you think about it, it's one of those symbiotic relationships. Like without one or the other, they both might not have made it. Mm. And if they both didn't made it, where would we be right now? Uh, probably still here, but we'd be talking about like, um, what, do we do anything interesting outside of hobby? Uh, I should, no. I shouldn't even use the word interesting <laughs> and hobby. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gosh, what would we be doing? I don't know. <laughs> we wouldn't be friends. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't even like you now. And, and we have so much in common. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. I guess we are like Games Workshop and TSR. <laughs> yeah. I'm Games Workshop, you're TSR. Uh, okay. <laughs> Is it common? I don't know. <laughs> the Dungeons & Dragons basic set. Released in 1977, was an introductory version of the original D&D aimed towards new players. In the same year, TSR Hobbies released a completely new and complex version titled, sorry, new version of a of D&D titled Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Clever. Also known as AD&D. <clears throat> That's good marketing. Yeah. You've got the game. Yep. And then you've got the advanced game. Exactly. So like, that's missing from today's game. Yeah, it's like, which is which? Well, this one, because it's advanced. Yeah. 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 <laughs> In 
the Monster Manual, which was released later that year, became the first supplemental rulebook of the new system, and many more followed. Hmm. The new AD&D rules were not fully compatible with those of the D&D basic set, and as a result, D&D and AD&D became two distinct product lines. Splitting these lines created a further rift between Gygax and Arneson, that Arneson received a 10% loyalty on, royalty on all sales of D&D products. Gygax refused to pay him royalties on AD&D books, claiming Ooh. it was a new and different property. Oh, that's yeah. spicy. Yeah, there's a few spicy things that happen throughout the history here. Ooh. Some of them more spicy than others. Ooh, guy got a little feisty there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh... He's like, no, no, this is a completely different game. <laughs> oh, you mean the one called Advanced Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> yeah. You see this letter A? That yeah. makes it different. Yeah, and I'm not paying you shit for that. <laughs> yeah. Damn. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, in 1970, 1979, Arneson filed a lawsuit against TSR. It was eventually settled in March of 1981 with the agreement that Arneson received a 2.5% royalty on all AD&D products. Fair, honestly. Yeah, giving him a very comfortable six-figure annual income for the next 10 years. It's true. Yeah, and this Back is in then. 80s. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. My man's was getting Zuck money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was rolling in it, dude. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Gygax wrote the AD&D hardcovers, the Player's Handbook, the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Monster Manual, and more. He also wrote or co-wrote many D&D and AD&D adventure modules, including The Keep on the Borderlands, The Tomb of Horrors, and The Queen of Spiders. Right, so this dude, Gygax, putting in work. Oh, yeah, man. He never stops working. Uh, when it comes to the creative side of things, like he was always leading it or if not co-leading it. Wow. He wouldn't really let anyone write anything without him overseeing it, I suppose. And tell me old mate's name again. Allison? Who? <laughs> the guy that sued. <laughs> Arneson. Arneson. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Arneson. It's been a few beers. There's a lot to take in. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Arneson and Gygax were both TSR, were they not? Uh, yeah. So so Gygax created TSR and then he put Arneson back on um, uh, as, a, as a writer. Yeah. Like, creative okay. writer. So okay. yeah, Arneson and Gygax created their first game like way before they made D&D. They're like buddies. They're, yeah, they were. They were. Col uh, uh, what do you call colleagues? It? Not colleagues. Uh, acquaintances, basically. Right, Maybe okay. like gaming friends, like someone that you like play games with and talk hobby, but you might not do anything else with. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Kind of like, <clears throat> kind of like you. Like yeah, we yeah, don't talk about anything else but hobby. <laughs> <laughs> don't hang out outside of hobby. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I wonder if he did feel like you know I'm putting in all this work. I made A and D and D. I'm working on these supplements and extra books and stuff and you uh, he helped me with the original game yeah pretty I much i guess that's his logic yeah yeah and because arneson was basically an employee mm. well, it wasn't like a, a partnership it was right. like you work for me kind right. of thing yeah but there also must have been some merit in his lawsuit because he won yeah yeah absolutely and, and the court decided no you do deserve yeah like they've you know he got 10 percent on dnd products which is pretty good that's great and he got 2.5 on ad and which you know they've they've said well Whatever you're owning, you still deserve a quarter yeah. of this other stuff. Yeah. So that's not too bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, in 1980, Gygax's long-time campaign setting of Greyhawk was published in the form of the World of Greyhawk Fantasy World setting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't good with names. No, not Probably quite. shouldn't have fired that other guy after 10 months. He was yeah. probably thinking of, like, good names. <laughs> and they're like, 
come on, man, that's less than six words. I can't use that. <laughs> it doesn't tell you exactly what it is in the, in the whole name, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, names is a big problem in this sort of era. <laughs> okay. Uh, which uh, that world was uh, soon expanded into the world of Greyhawk Fantasy Game Setting Box Set. Okay. Another mouthful. Yeah. Sales of the D&D game reached 8.5 million US dollars in 1980, which I... Uh, translated it to Australian dollars nowadays is $36.8 million. Yeah. That's some coin. That's, that's some, that's some money. It's getting up there, man. Damn. Yeah. Uh, Gygax also provided assistance on the Gamma World, a science fantasy role-playing game in 1981. My man's is like a, like a uh, Steve Jobs of <laughs> pretty much the yeah. RPG world. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Everything he touched just became an RPG. The Steve Jobs reference actually comes back later in this, so you'll you'll see what happens to him. Ooh, hello. Okay. <laughs> All right. okay. In 1979, a Michigan State University student, James Dallas Egbert III, allegedly disappeared into the school's steam tunnels while playing a live action version of D and D. Egbert was a child prodigy who began studying at MSU at the age of 16. Damn. Yeah. Smart kid. Yeah. 16 years old. Yep. Going to MSU. Yeah. That's the university. Yeah. Michigan State University. Yep. It's truth. Yeah. He suffered from personal problems and had made attempts at taking his life. After leaving a note, Egbert entered the steam tunnels and consumed methoqualone. Ah, the old Also known as quaaludes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This attempt... Failed, and when he awoke in the morning, he had out at his friend's house. He travelled to Louisiana and revealed his location to the detective working on his missions person's case. Egbert was released to the custody of his uncle, but after one final attempt at his life, this one successful, Egbert died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound in the age of 16 in 19... Sorry, on August 16, 1980. Do you know that's uh, my birthday? August 16. Oh, it is too. Yeah. 1989. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been me. <laughs> it could have been you. Damn. So, like, old mate uh, climbed into whatever a steam tunnel is. Yeah. I, I had to look it up, too. Now, what it is, because it's in the northern half of the uh, United States, it's, it's cold, right? Yeah. Steam tunnels, uh, they, they're underground. They basically carry hot pipes full of steam, which they use to heat different buildings of the campus. Damn. Yeah, so these... This is why we call it a deep dive, folks. <laughs> Shane was like, well, I'm going to get a history on uh, steam pipes Man, just sp- in case it comes up. I spent like half an hour looking at steam pipes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, um, but so uh, these steam tunnels and at many universities across the US were commonplace for adventurers to act out their live action role playing. Though negative news media focused on D&D as the cause and had only speculation of Egbert's disappearance at his attempts as his attempts on his life were not revealed for some time. You know what? So that that situation you're explaining to me yep. is the original video games cause violence. Yeah, exactly, dude. RPGs yep. cause... They, they need tunnel. something to blame. Yeah. 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 So they're like, ah, uh, yeah. Not that the kid was smart and misunderstood and didn't feel like he fit in. Yeah. And kept trying to take his life and probably yeah. no one was paying attention to him. No. Not the problem. No, d is evil, man. Not the problem. <laughs> Teachers, not the problem. Society, not the problem. Yeah. D&D, however, (laughs) the devil. That's right. (laughs) Absolute devil. Yeah. In 1982, Patricia Pulling, son, killed himself. She blamed D&D for her son's death. Pulling formed an organization named BAD, B-A-D-D, bothered about D&D. You know what? Say what you will about this crazy bitch. (laughs) 
At least she knew how to name something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she gave it an acronym. Yeah. Uh, everything needs an acronym, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly some of Gygax's uh, products. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Could have done with an acronym or two. Yeah. All right. So she was a bit bothered about D&D on she account was. of her son's life being taken. Yes. Yes, she a was. Completely so she... tasteless name. <laughs> she created this organization to attack the game and the company that produced it. Gygax took to 60 minutes to defend his game on a segment which aired in 1985. When death threats started arriving at the TSR office, Gygax hired a bodyguard. Despite negative publicity, or perhaps because of it, TSR's annual sales had increased in 1982 to a whopping 16 million US dollars. So double do what, it basically doubled what it had earlier. So wow. it'll be 72 million Australian nowadays. It's, man, it's true what they say. Yeah. Any publicity. Is good publicity. Yeah. That's Damn. it, dude. I mean, I guess everyone's talking about D&D now. Everyone's yeah, like, what's yeah, this game? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this this is evil. This makes mm. people kill themselves. Let's get it. Let's have a sus. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be immersive then. <laughs> oh, yeah. In, uh, in January 1983, the New York Times speculated that D&D might become the great game of the 80s, the same manner as Monopoly was emblematic of the Great Depression. Hmm. Brian Bloom persuaded Gygax to allow his brother Kevin Bloom to buy out his father's shares. This gave the Bloom brothers a controlling interest. And by 1981, Gygax and the Blooms were a constant disagreement over the management of the company. Gygax's frustrations at work and the increased prosperity from his generous royalty checks brought a number of changes to his personal life. He and Mary Jo had been active members of the local Jehovah's Witnesses, but others in the congregation already felt uneasy about Gygax's smoking and drinking. His connection to the satanic game oh, yeah. of D&D caused enough friction that the Gygaxes disassociated themselves from the church. Just so uh, everyone knows, when you said satanic, you did air quotations. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't actually come through in this medium. Well, I mean, it might. <laughs> People might hear that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's air quotes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, changed to an air quote. Didn't actually mean it was satanic. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man, I could see this guy. Absolute dripping. Absolute dripping in swag. Oh, yeah, man. Rocking up to a J-Dub. I don't know if they have like a church service or whatever, but he's got his glasses on. He's got a beard. <laughs> it basically looks like a cross between Dan Bilzerian and Rasputin. Yeah. And he's got like his pipe because they smoked out of pipes. Yeah. And gold chains. Gold chains. Yeah. And like big old fat rings on his fingers. Yeah, Like he yeah. just won a Super Bowl. Yeah, ones with like dollar signs on them. Yeah, like, for sure. Ones that take like two fingers or three fingers Tats to put on. across his eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. D and D. <laughs> Yeah. For sure, man. He was gangster as shit, dude. And they'd be like, I don't like you. You're involved in that satanic game. Whereas really, they're jealous of this guy's swag. Yeah. They just yeah. didn't know how to articulate that. So they shunned him. Yeah. Well, just wait to see what, what further happens, right? So, <laughs> okay. so Mary Jo continued to resent the amount of time Gary spent <laughs> playing games. <laughs> air quotes. <laughs> she, she had begun to drink excessively and the couple argued frequently. Okay. Gygax, who started smoking marijuana in 1970 when he lost his insurance job, had started to use cocaine and a number of extra, and had a number of extramarital affairs. Dude's a bloody rock. He's the Wolf of Wall Street. Dude, he's doing like lines <laughs> off strippers' butt cheeks. <laughs> Get wow. the nose beers, man. Wow. Uh, just not what I imagined from the inventor of D&D. <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn, that's cool, man. Yeah. What a rock star. Not cool. Shouldn't say that. No, no. Don't do drugs. Stay in school. Kids, stay in school. <laughs> Play D&D. <laughs> Play D&D. Yeah. Stay out of steam pipes. <laughs> exactly. Um, <clears throat> finally, in 1983, the two had a bitter divorce. At the same time, 
the Blooms eager to get Gygax out of late Geneva so they could manage the company without his, whew, air quotes, interference. What are air quotes featuring oh, now? <laughs> There's more. Fingers are sore. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it's, yeah. They split TSR Hobbies into TSR Incorporated and TSR Entertainment Incorporated. Gygax became the president of TSR Entertainment Incorporated and the Blooms sent him to Hollywood to develop a TV and movie opportunities. Smart. I can see what they're doing from day to dot. These guys, hostile takeover. Oh, man, yeah. But clever. Yeah, Do it yeah, with your yeah. brother because each, you know, it's individually, their shares aren't, they're not majority stakeholders. No. Together. Yep. That's it, dude. Now we just need to get rid of this rock star. Yeah. He's living this new life. He would froth Hollywood. Yeah. He loves the fame. Yeah. He loves yeah, all yeah. that. Yeah. Let's make it seem like that's the next avenue. <laughs> we'll, we'll, sink, we'll, be, we'll take a $10 million hit if it all fails miserably. Yeah. But he's gone. Yeah. And we can actually run this. Exactly right, dude. That's exactly what they wanted to do. Mm. Yeah. So Gygax, newly single, took advantage of his time in the West Coast, renting a mansion, increasing his cocaine use, and spending time with several young starlets. What are you trying to say? He's just banging chicks left, right, and center, dude. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Young starlets. Oh, yeah, dude. You know, they come to Hollywood to make, them, make their name in the movie business, man. And somehow they find themselves at uh, old... <laughs> Gary Gygax. Gygax house. Yeah. <laughs> they are getting gacked, that's for sure. Yeah. I was ready to see the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and my dungeon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to take it there. It's too easy. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So since he was occupied with getting a movie off the ground in Hollywood, Gygax left the day-to-day operations of TSR to the Bloom Brothers. In 1984, after many months of negotiation, he reached an agreement with Orson Welles to star in a D&D movie oh. and John Borman to act as producer and director. But at the same time, he received word back from Lake Geneva that TSR had run into severe financial difficulties and Kevin Bloom was listing the company for a mere $6 million. Whoa, that's not where I saw this going. No. That is a plot <clears throat> twist. Yeah. Bloom Brothers, if you, if you want to do a takeover, you better have some plans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess they did sell this bitch for six mil and get out. Well, that that was a massive loss to them, man. Yeah. They were just trying to get rid of it and recover something. Damn. Yeah. <clears throat> so Gygax immediately canned his movie ambitions. His D&D movie would never be made. He flew back to Lake Geneva. There, he discovered to his shock that although the industry-leading TSI was grossing $30 million per year, it was barely breaking even. Oh, boy. It was $1.5 million in debt and teetering on the edge of insolvency. After investigating reasons why, Gygax brought his findings to the five other company directors. Since 1982, TSR Incorporated had conformed to the recommendations of the American Management Association by adding three outside, air quotes, directors to the board. Okay. Bringing it to a total of six. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's why there's so many is because there's some regulations where they... They, su- they strongly bring- suggest that you have more than... Yeah. You have at least six people in control of the company. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What did they find? Well, they found that uh, so they charged the financial crisis to a mismanagement by Kevin Bloom. So the brother that was Brian brought in later to replace his father. Ah. Yeah. The issues was, were involved ex- excess inventory, overstaffing, too many company cars, and some questionable and very expensive projects, such as dredging up a 19th century shipwreck. Just because, why not? Like, there's a boat somewhere in there. Let's fucking dig it up. I don't, I don't oppose to any of those <laughs> things I heard. Overstaffing, overstocking yep. is just bad foresight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You thought you were going to be bigger. Yeah. You thought 
You got to spend money to make money. Let's yeah. get more people and more product out there. The company cars is a thing that they probably didn't need. Company cars, probably not. Yeah. And decided to ship. Up the ship. <laughs> I mean, what did it look like? Was it in good nick? Well, it was a 19th century ship, so 1800. So probably, like, it's not like a pirate ship or anything. Like, it's not like there's going to be treasure in it. Oh. Well, that's disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> but what if they did? <laughs> and, like, they, they built, maybe they're thinking of building, like, a D&D land. Okay, yeah. Maybe they're thinking about doing the, uh, the pirate RPG we <laughs> so sought after. Oh, God damn it. They saw their idea, dude. Yeah, I mean, they failed miserably. <laughs> Is this a foreshadowing of our future endeavors? Possibly. I think so. I can see us going down many of these routes. Which one's going to be the rock star and which one's going to be the pirate ship person? I think you'll be Depends the rock Depends if you star. want to divorce your wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Hmm. I can see either way you're getting a divorce, unfortunately. Yeah, it's pirate ship. It doesn't matter. If I'm bringing up a ship or I'm a rock star in Hollywood. Yeah, doing lines of cocaine. Gone. Yeah, it's- she's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe neither. <laughs> maybe our aspirations are slightly smaller. Yeah, maybe. Gygax demanded Kevin Bloom to be removed as company president, and the three outside directors agreed. However, however, the board still believed their financial situation was terminal and the company needed to be liquidated. What? I can't fathom that. Yeah. In an effort to stay in control, in March 1985, Gygax exercised his 700 share stock stock option, giving him just over 50% control. So earlier, mm. I think in the last episode, I mentioned that they had these options to buy more shares whenever they wished. Okay. Um, so he did that, which gave him just over 50%, which made him the top dog. He did this. Yes, he kissed his biceps. He flexed on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he flexed on him. Flexed real hard, dude. Yeah. yeah. Done all this coke and he's like, I'm just going to fucking take over. You tell me my company, the one I invented. Yeah. You telling me this thing's terminal? Nah. <laughs> I'll buy 50% of the shares, show what I can do with this bitch. What'd he do with it? Well, he appointed himself <laughs> as president and CEO. Well, smart. Yep. Instead of selling the company, he took steps to produce new revenue generating products. He contacted Dave Arneson. Oh. Yep. Oh. Yep. Oh, not so bad now, is he? Yeah. <laughs> with a view to produce some Blackmore material. Blackmore was Arneson's game they created before D&D. Right. It was Blackmore and Chainmail. They were the two games they sort of had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He also bet heavily on a new AD&D, AD&D book called Unearthed Arcana, a compilation of material pulled from the Dragon Magazine articles. Oh. In order to bring some financial stability to TSR, he hired a company manager. Her name was L- Lorraine Williams. When Unearthed Arcana was released in July, Gygax's bet paid off. The new book sold 90,000 copies in the first month. He also published a novel that was doing well, and he quickly followed up with a sequel. The financial crisis had been averted, but Gygax had paved the way for his own downfall. Oh, boy. In 1985, the new manager, Lorraine Williams, oh boy. revealed that she had purchased the shares of the Bloom Brothers after, after Brian had triggered his own 700-share option. Williams was now the majority shareholder and oh replaced boy. Gygax as president and CEO. Just like that. So she just... He just got Steve Jobs real hard, dude. Bruh. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? If we ever take off, I can see Churchy doing that to us. Let's not put Churchy on as our phone. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. He'll be like, he'll be like, hey guys, can I come on and just like uh help out and stuff? We'll be like, yeah, Churchy, no problem. Bam! Stock up to <laughs> We'll be like, I didn't even know we had chairs, Shane. <laughs> but he's got them all, 100 <laughs> percent Damn man, that's brutal. So Gygak. Against all advice, yep. everyone's like, "This company's terminal. Yeah. Let's just, we gotta we gotta salvage it. Yeah. Get out, everyone, get out. We'll be okay." And he's like, "No, bitch. Yep. 
not only am I ditching my own aspirations of the Hollywood yeah, thing. I'm saving this sinking I'm ship. I'm saving this sinking ship, which yeah. is ironic because <laughs> the sinking ship is what got them into yeah, this situation. <laughs> and then he manages to. Yeah. And through and then as as he starts to get up, he's, he was treading water and now he's starting to get up. Yeah. Launches a book, the Arcana book. Yeah. Starts pounding with it. Oh, yeah. Thinks, I need some more help. Yeah, put someone on. Put someone on. And this chick... She must have been in cahoots with the Blooms. I think so. Yeah. Because for them to trigger that just before they get out, yeah, get their seven hundred shares. She's offered them a pretty penny, I'd imagine. So she had some coin before coming in. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, kudos to her. <clears throat> she did a bit of a uh, little finger on them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, she did. Tricky, tricky girl. Yeah, very tricky. She also made it clear that Gygax would be making no further creative contributions to TSR. Several of his projects were immediately shelved and never published. Gygax took TSR to court in a bid to block the Bloom's sale of their shares to Williams, but mm. he lost. Yep. Yeah. Sa- sales of D&D reached 20- $29 million USD in 1985, but Gygax, seeing his future at TSR as insupportable, resigned all positions with TSR Incorporated in October in 1986 and settled all disputes with TSR by December. By terms of his settlement, Gygax kept the rights to gourd the rogue which was a small novel that he created back when he made the Arcana, one of okay. the books that helped save the company. Yep. Uh, as well as D&D characters whose names were anagrams of his own. Mm. However, he lost the right to all his other work, including the world of Greyhawk and all the names and characters he'd ever used in TSR material. Damn, that feels bad. Yeah. So he comes out with fuck all, dude. Absolutely fuck all. Some coin, though. Oh, he'd have a bit of money, yeah, but like nothing like he would have if he had it kept in control. At that point, when you got that much money... It stops being about money. Yeah. And it's about pride. Yeah. Um, and to he lost s- his baby. Yeah. He did lose his baby. Legit. Yeah. Yep. Like he'd lost everything else. His wife. Yeah. His Hollywood endeavor. Yep. Oh, man. Probably a lot of friends. Yeah. Along the way. I'd imagine so. He had to uh, humble himself too to come back to, I can't say his name again. I keep saying Alison. Arneson. Arneson. Yep. He had to go back to him and basically say, not only do I want you back, yeah, and let's work together. I need you to help me. And we're gonna ma- and the thing that's gonna kick us off is working on something that you had going yeah. before we even met. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that takes a lot. It does. So he, he was willing to do that to crawl his baby out of this hole, and then yep. oh my god, man, yeah, he copped it. Copped Infinitely it more interesting than I thought <laughs> the D and D life could be. It's it's amazing, man. It really. Someone's is. got to do a doc on this. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> okay. Let's do a live action. <laughs> Church, you got a camera? <laughs> yeah, boy. Let's start with the Hollywood scene, all right? Yeah, Let's for sure. Let's carry on Gak's dream. Yeah. Almost, after, almost immediately after leaving TSR, Gygax was approached by a wargaming acquaintance, Forrest Baker, who had done some consulting work for TSR in 1983 and 84. At this point, Gary Gygax retired, was tired of company management, mm-hmm. and he was simply looking for some way to market more Gord the Rogue novels, but Baker had a vision for a new gaming company. Hmm. As quickly as it as it had risen, their new company, New Infinities Productions Incorporated. Oh my god. Had fallen. They just never really get any better at that, do they? <laughs> no, they try. They try. <laughs> yeah. Baker had promised an outside source of two million dollars of investment using Gygax's name alone. So basically said, look, I know these guys, they're cashed up, they love you and your work. Yeah. They're gonna come in and chip in. Yeah. Didn't happen. Wow. Didn't happen. It's actually surprising that yeah. it didn't. <clears throat> no. You'd think there'd be more than 
$2 million floating of people that oh, yeah, you know, froth Gygax work. Exactly. Be like, hey, by the way, I'm Gygax, the guy that did, and just list everything that you've done. They'd yeah. be like, okay, so that's everything that everyone loves. Yeah. Surely there's some people just willing to throw money at his name. Yeah. Unfortunately, it uh, didn't happen. Money didn't show up. I'd take that gamble. I don't yeah. blame anyone there. Yep. Yeah. Baker decided to get out of there. Oh, yeah, fair left. enough. And Gygax found himself back in control of the company against his will. Because he did, he didn't want to. He didn't want to leave the show, right? He wanted to sit there and create stuff. Yeah, that's all he wanted to do. Yeah. Sales of Gord, Gord the Rogue novels were brisk, and kept the company afloat. Gygax brought in Don Tumble, Don Turnbull from Games Workshop to manage the company. Then worked on a science fiction RPG, science fiction themed RPG called Cyborg Commando. That's a better name. It's yeah. Like I mean, at the time that would have been like. Grouse, yeah. but nowadays it's like, yeah, it sounds like a yeah, mobile, mobile game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Raid Shadow Legends, Cyborg Commander. Exactly. Dude. Yeah, Boom yeah. Beach. <laughs> now, that game was published in 1987. However, sales of the new game were low and it had an overwhelmingly negative reception. Huh. NIPI, which was the company. Nippy? Yep, Nippy. That's a good one. Was still in development on Gord the Rogue. TSR continued to produce D&D and modules in Gygax's Greyhawk universe without his creative involvement. Ugh. AD&D 2nd Edition was released in 1989, again, as three core rulebooks and the primarily designer David Zeb Cook. They released, uh, sorry, the release of D&D 2nd Edition deliber- deliberately excluded some aspects of the game that attracted negative publicity, references to demons and devils, sexually sub- suggestive artwork, and playable evil line characters such as assassins and half-orcs were removed. The satanic panic, air quotes, <laughs> which had swept over the US for a better part of a decade, was much to blame for these changes. This edition moved away from a theme of 1960s sword and sorcery fantasy fiction to a more medieval history and mythology. Oh, okay. I could see that. I could <clears throat> see that from uh, late 80s America. Yeah. Yeah. That Bible Belt would have just been belting them. Yeah, man. With their conservative, uh, <clears throat> oh yeah, the satanic panic was a huge thing over there, man. Yeah, like oh, so bad. Uh, one of the podcasts I listen to, they talk about serial killers and all that sort of stuff, and like yeah. a lot of it was in the eighties when that satanic panic was like rampant. Damn. Yeah. <clears throat> there you go. That's crazy. Yeah. Hundred percent. Like Harry Potter would not have worked. No. Back then, no way, man. I, would have been cancelled. I think all like a lot of stuff nowadays would not have worked. Yeah. Like, even stuff like Buffy the Vampire Slayer probably wouldn't have worked, you know, because yeah, yeah. it's evil, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, like many companies who cut the throat of their creative founder, the new management engaged in a number of extremely questionable business practices. And in hindsight, those decisions would ultimately lead to the downfall of TSR. Hmm. In 1996, TSR's exclusive distributor returned millions of dollars worth of TSR products. 30 employees let go from TSR right before Christmas. And in the new year, their printer announced they would not publish any more TSI products until they received payment on their debt. Such a quick downfall. That's what happens when you yeah. take the uh, the heart out of something. Exactly, dude. Yeah. Exactly. They tried to turn it into like a machine, man. It just wasn't working. Mm. At this point, it seems TSR is doomed. They were stuck between a rock and a hard place. The distributor returned all their products and the printer who they were contracted to use wouldn't print any new products. Damn. It seems likely that TSI would be done for, mm. and the fate of D&D, and possibly even role-playing itself, hung in the balance. I don't know anything about anything, but God, I hope Gygax comes in and saves the day again, <laughs> Riders of Rohan over the side of the... Well. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> and, when, and then, a shining beacon of hope appeared in the horizon. The beacons are lit! <laughs> beacons are lit! 
Is that that beacons of Gondor? <laughs> Gandalf the White rode in a pure white stallion <laughs> to save the day. Hey! Not really. Oh, okay. But a different kind of wizard. Oh. Wizards of the Coast. Oh! Creators of the not-so-popular game called Magic the Gathering swooped in to buy TSR and Dungeons and & Dragons with it. Since Magic the Gathering's release in 1993, the game had grown by leaps and bounds. Wizards of the Coast were strats with cash. Hell yeah. Talking Oprah-rich, dude. They dude. loaded. It's impressive considering the game was called Magic. And yeah. it was in the <laughs> satanic panic. <laughs> yeah. Well, 93, probably just after. Yeah, I think, okay. it, I think it finished in the 90s, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, it would have been close, man. It would have yeah. been very close. Um, Wizard, Wizards CEO, Peter Atkinson, flew to Lake Geneva and spent the summer of 1997 managing the company's transition from TSR to Wizards. While for him and his colleague, Lisa Stevens, it was a moment of excitement and triumph, the staff at TSR were left feeling defeated. Atkinson and Stevens immediately set about doing what they could to raise morale. As Lisa Stevens said, quote, We may be executives from Wizards of the Coast, but we're gamers and we're geeks and we're a little goofy at times, end quote. And that's why it's going to work. Yeah, dude. Because yeah. they got heart in it. That's exactly right. And I don't care if the TSR folks feel defeated. You should. <laughs> You asked Guy Gag. <laughs> you well, it wasn't necessarily all the employees, but it was definitely yeah, true, Lorraine true. Williams. True, bloody yeah. Lorraine. <laughs> such a such a name. I know. Lorraine. Lorraine. <laughs> oh, could totally see it being a Lorraine. That's the nineteen eighty like version Karen. Karen yeah. yeah. <laughs> Adkisson offered jobs at Wizards to the vast majority of the TSR staff. To make the transition to Seattle easier, Wizards flew TSR staff in and out for house hunting weekends. They paid for movers, and they even helped employees who got stake paying rent in both Lake Geneva and Seattle. Damn, they got Facebook money. Oh, man, yeah. They're like, and oh, it's better. Oh, it's okay. better. Too. It gets better. Right. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Wizards of the Coast corporate culture was also different. While TSR treated sales and numbers like secrets, at Wizards, they were announced openly. If an employee's product was doing well, they all knew about it. Even the CEO's desk was amongst the rest of his staff. There was a couch for anyone who needed a nap, and Thursday night was go-kart night in the car park. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, dude. This is, no, this is Google. <laughs> this is this Google, This is yeah. so Google. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Just a, just a couch, man. Just like, oh, you're tired? Just go have a nap, man. Yeah. Just sleep it off for 15 minutes. What's that? Minutes. You've been here for 10 minutes, but you're a little exhausted? You look a little sleepy. Were you up till 3 a.m. partying? I hope you were. <laughs> yeah. I hope you were. You better Have be. a nap, brother. Sleep for a couple of... You know what? Go, take the day off. Yeah. Take but, the week off. But it's Thursday, so make sure you get back here by 6 p.m. for go-karts. Yeah. Yeah. Which are free, but, you know, if you're exhausted or you don't want to drive, we'll fly a helicopter, pick you up. You do the go-karts. <laughs> You can crash here, free drinks yeah. all night. On the couch. On the couch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, dude. And make sure, hey, but make sure you have that thing on my desk by Monday. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. You don't have to do any work. <laughs> You're on the books. <laughs> oh, man, this would be the place to work. Damn, yeah. yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> despite being an immortally, despite buying a mortally wounded company riddled with debt, Wizards managed to turn around D&D in just three months. New D&D books were being stocked on shelves. And for the next few years, the books will be printed with a TSR logo alongside Wizards. Hmm. As the new owner of D&D, Peter Akerson set out to make things right with the father of D&D, Gary Gygax, who had nearly been sued into oblivion by the prior management of TSR. Akerson wrote checks to Gygax, his ex-wife, and to Dave Arneson in exchange for a clean bill of health on the intellectual property of D&D. Okay. So basically, I'm sorry, money, which is, yeah. That's good. Yeah, Adkinson recalled, perhaps this wasn't strictly necessary, but there were many hard, but there were many hard feelings amongst old school gamers that Gary and Dave had both been cheated. Yeah, like me. Yeah, I was angry up until then. 
<laughs> Atkinson's sense of morality and justice would pay dividends. Luke Gygax, Gary's son, who runs GaryCon, a convention in Lake Geneva devoted to honouring the memory of his late father, said, quote, If D&D had to move outside my family's control, Peter was a great person to assume the mantle, end quote. Gygax would go on to write an introduction to D&D adventure, Return to the Tomb of Horrors, one of his earlier books he had written. Like a phoenix rising from the ashes, Dungeons & Dragons had been saved from the brink. The game itself would go down in history as the foundation of all things fantasy. It would be hard to find someone who hasn't heard of it or know someone who has played this fantastic game, and it would continue to influence our future authors and creative minds. Damn. I mean, that's just... What a drama. Oh, man. Yeah, it all happened. It all happened. I'm yeah. happy the guy got a fat stack at the end. <laughs> yeah. He deserved Bless it. You, Bless you, Churchy. Churchy. <laughs> Bless you. We're not into the uh, satanic panic over here, but if, but just in case, bless you. <laughs> my word, I have my my opinion of Gygax changed so much throughout that entire yeah thing. It's a roller coaster. It is a roller coaster because yeah. first you just like like he invented a heap of cool stuff, but then you were like, I was mad at him for like jibbing his mate, not his mate, but his work colleague. Yeah, where it's like, yep. hey man. This one, AD&D, that's just mine. You don't get no money yeah, for that. Yeah. And obviously he was in the wrong because then the court was like, no, he does deserve something. There's a bit of it, yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, if the court ruled that with all the information, then I guess Gygax a bit of a dick. Yeah. And then it was like the Bloom brothers wanted to take over and they, it sounds like they saw Gygax as a bit of a like, oh, we can get rid of this guy. Let's just throw something shiny over him in Hollywood. Exactly, and, yeah. You know, so you think he's just a bit of a, he's so predictable because they were like, he'll just follow his ego. Yeah, and you know, want his mansion and his cocaine and his strippers and yeah. his Hollywood deal. He's into all that. Let's actually run a company. Yeah, but then he goes and does that, and they throw it into the ground because of the they they turn it into a shipwreck. Yeah, yeah, they do, man. They really do. And then here's the choice. Well, I'm living the high life over here. I can keep going with the Hollywood deal, keep doing that stuff. But yeah. he's like, no, this is my baby. Yeah, I'm coming back for yeah. this. Cans all of that stuff that he his yeah. hopes and dreams, man. Yeah, shattered to come back and try and save it. And then I was like, maybe this dude's all right. And then he comes back and deals back up with... Arneson. Arneson. <laughs> yeah. I'll never get it, I'll be honest. It's just a name I've never heard. That's right, yeah. Um, he deals with Arneson and says, not only are we going to work on some stuff together, because yep. your, your stuff was good, Yeah. but we're going to work on your stuff. Your stuff, yep. Like to, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, like, to, uh, yeah, I, like I wouldn't do that. No. I got too much of an ego <laughs> to be like, well, my stuff's better. Like, I'm the guy. <laughs> I did AD&D. Let's do my thing. Yeah. And then he also, you mentioned he collaborated a heap of different things that were in their monthly magazine. What was it called? Yeah, The Dragon. Yeah. And he turned that into his into the Arcana. Yep. Yep. And so that's like a little fan service thing. Yeah. So like, you, could, you, could, you could relate it to like, you know, White Dwarf nowadays. Correct. Like, Woman magazine. Take Every single 40K thing they've ever put in a white dwarf and put it in a book. Yeah. That's was, what they did, basically. They yeah. sold that book. Yeah. Right. And then that saved the company. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And a big risk. Yeah. Yeah. Because people are like, well, I've already seen all this stuff. Yeah. If they buy the this. magazine weekly or monthly. Yeah. You know, but it sold, man. 90,000 90, copies in the first week. And it resonated. Sorry, first month. Yeah. Yeah. And then he kept, like, even when he was kicked out. So then I was like, all right, this guy seems like a good dude, willing to work hard. Yeah. His pride is in his baby. Yeah, he loved the little thing in Hollywood that he did, but this was more important. Yeah. I was like, this is a good dude. Then he got outed, and I was yep. mad. Yeah. yeah. But then he kept just trying to work on his little book for the, what yeah. was it, for the rogue? Gord, Gord, Gord the rogue. Rogue, yeah. Yeah. 
He just wanted to work on this little book. He loved it. Yeah. He could have done a thousand different things, try to start new companies yeah. using his own name. He didn't need that other dude. No, no. He, he didn't want to start his own company, though. He wanted no. to just create stuff. Yeah. You know, like he wanted to work for someone yeah. and just produce them products and, and books and games. And, yeah. and he did. He produced a, like a few other things in the background. He never really worked with D&D again, like with mm. Wizards of the Coast. Um, he did a lot of his own other stuff, but nothing obviously was as successful. Yeah. Um, he created a couple of other little things, but... I'd love to read that series or book or whatever it is, Gord the Rogue. Gord the Rogue, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have a look into it. That's cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, like, it, it's just so deep, you know, like, so much yeah. happened to, to, to get to where we are today. Like, people were like, oh, d d like, what's that shit? Like, yeah. But, like, man, there's history there, like, and a yeah. lot. Like, blood, sweat, tears, you know? Yeah. Divorces, yeah. Suicides, lines of coke, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say all the good stuff, <laughs> not all the good stuff. No. There's a lot of bad stuff in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy. I went into a local store today, sorry, yesterday, and I saw a cool box of things. It's like a little campaign with some dope minis. Yeah, it's not a D and D thing, but it's like uh, intended to work with fifth edition D and D. Oh yeah, yep. And, like, just thinking of that box, like, that does not exist, that company, that do, like, their no. livelihoods from that thing that they did yep. doesn't exist without all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, Crazy. you know, I mean, this stuff probably would have happened sooner or later, but, like, you know, you can thank D&D for a lot of video games. Yeah. Um, because when D&D came out, video games were Pong. Yeah. That was it, basically, yeah. you know, the little bouncy tennis game. Yeah, that, and that's why it's interesting. Would it have happened? I mean, I'm sure sure it would have happened eventually, but it happened in the right era. Yeah, right. We, like if it had to compete with video games. Yeah, man, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Wouldn't. No, it, it doesn't really. Like, nah. it's not as big as it would be if Fortnite didn't exist. Like you take yeah, every or COD or something. Fortnite. That was the most booming thing <laughs> I ever said. But I'm just thinking, like, 14 year old kids. Yeah. If you got to the option to play all these video games, yeah, or D and D, these days they pick. I'm going to say 99 out of 100 will take a video game. For sure. Over a yeah. pen and paper game. Yeah. So I wonder, like, would it, yeah, would it have got off the ground to that extent these but, days? But Who also, without, without that, where would video games be nowadays? Yeah. They probably wouldn't be at the level they're at now because mm. they wouldn't have gone onto that stream. Like, maybe they're, maybe they're all, all we do is play Pong and Tetris nowadays. Maybe, you know, like. Pretty good games. Solid I mean, games. Solid games. Yeah. yeah, but like. <laughs> and where would, like, the. Premier companies, Wizards of the Coast Games Workshop, be without D and D. Yeah, I mean, yep, cool. Yeah, thanks for doing all that, man. Oh man, I had a search in the archives. Blast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot to uh, acknowledge the sources for this uh, this episode. Is it Wikipedia? No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could just say Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> Dungeon Master: The Life and Legacy of Gary Gygax. Geek and Sundry: D and D Origins. Yeah. And uh, D and D. Wizards. Com. There you go. Yeah. Good old Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. Bruh, that's some stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, um, look, if you guys listening aren't in our Discord yet, uh, jump in. We've got RPG channels there. We're looking to play RPG games online. Yeah. Tell us your adventures and your stories of D&D, how you started playing, how you got into it. Yeah. Um, we'd absolutely love to, love to hear about it. Absolutely. In fact, as we're speaking of RPGs, which, you know, as like we haven't really played any until last week. Yeah. When we played... The Alien RPG. Yep. Um, so go check out episode 18 yep. if you want to hear about that. As I'm sitting here uh, in our Discord, one of the our new patrons, Oliver, has just decided 
He's going to run a Star Wars RPG campaign. Oh. So he had a straw poll up where everyone was voting on it. Yep. Um, there was a three-way tie. So by executive decision, he decided Star Wars, which yeah. secretly I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Star Wars. Like, who's going to not enjoy that? Nah, that's right, dude. So, yeah, we are. We're getting, we've got an RPG channel that's, like, actually popping off right now. Like, it's popping up on my phone. Yep. People are in there, keen to get stuff started over Discord. Doesn't matter if you're on the other side. We've got a guy from Belgium that's going to jump in on this one. Yeah, yeah. People all over Australia as well. Yeah. 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 So, that's going to be dope. Um, but if you've got any other information, like, you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh, there's another cool bit of history that I happen to know. Jump in the Discord. Let yeah. us know. Like, yeah. we froth this stuff. Hell yeah. We want to know what the world before was. Yep. <laughs> um, so, we got a couple of, couple of giveaways. Yep. Thematical, too. So, our monthly giveaway is the Alien RPG. Yes, it is. Starter set. Yep. Not, now i got to be clear, <laughs> not the exact copy that we've already played. No, brand new in shrimp. Brand new in shrimp. <laughs> um, so, and the all you have to do is jump on our Facebook page, facebook.me. Slash hobby homies. Facebook.com so. slash hobby homies. Yeah, yeah. Hobbyhomies.com, click the Facebook link, whatever. <laughs> yep. You get on there, tag a homie in the post. Think of a homie that you want to play this RPG with. Tag him. Yeah. Get yeah. them to tag someone else. Then you both entered. That's it. That's the way it's done. Um, all of our patrons always get a, a free entry. Yep. Because they're patrons, but you can also get an extra entry by tagging your homie. Yeah. So you y'all can, can get two. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had an aneurysm there, sorry. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> um Speaking of patrons, you guys get your own exclusive giveaway, which this month is a Test of Honor warband. Yep. Which, well, it's any feudal Japanese warband, but yep. I'm making this specifically. It's going to be 24 points ish, with a few different options for you to play. You can just paint them up because they're sick models. They are sweet models. They're sweet models. Um, or you'll have enough there to actually play the game if you wish. Beauty. We've also got a terrain tournament happening at the moment. There's two weeks left. Two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks, weeks left. Yesterday. It's going to be a little bit, yeah, less yeah. than two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So end of November, you've got to have your final submission in. Yep. And we're going to, we've got a panel of judges, which we've assembled quite uh, cleverly. Yeah. <laughs> They'll judge you on five ambiguous categories. Yes. It's just going to be fun. It's just a fun time. Yeah. They'll yeah. each have their own category. They'll judge you on that. Um, all you got to do is send us a picture of some, you know, terrain in... What we would say is very, very alpha stage, early <laughs> yeah. stages. Yeah. Either a pile of mud or maybe you've primed it. You yeah. Know, yeah. You know, as long as you haven't like started on the bish. Yeah. Um, and then send us pictures at the end of your final stuff. Oh, yeah. Could be scratch built, can be MDF, can be plastic. 3D printed. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's prizes for that. Oh, yeah. Good prizes. Juices, man. Pro- juicy prizes, right? Yeah, yeah. First place is a, a custom made Hobby Homies trophy. That's the one. Um, that will say, what's what season are we in? Season two. Sorry, I mean like spring. Oh, spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be the 2020 spring terrain tournament Some, winner. Yeah, yeah, Something yeah. cool like that because we do these every season. Yep. And you get a recruit, a 40K recruit box. Yep. Has some Necrons, has some Space Marines. This is enough to play Kill Team or both or start an army. Oh, yeah. Two, two good games for people who haven't played or yeah. for a friend who wants to get into it. Second place. Hobby Homies paint rack. That's what it is. It's a Hobby Homies paint rack. And, and th- third place is a gift pack. And third place is a gift pack, yeah. One of our patented, not patented, gift packs. <laughs> so, yeah. Patented. Air quotes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Patent pending. Yeah. Very pending. Very pending. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, uh, to stay in the loop, uh, you guys can find us on um, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, YouTube, all that sort of stuff. It's all on hobbyhomies.com. If you jump in the Discord, we do monthly live episodes, monthly hobby hangouts. We did one last night as a recording, so Monday night. Yeah. Um, which was a bunch of fun. There was like 10 people in there. We were all just talking shit, yeah. hobbying. Yeah. Um, one, two, you were streaming. <laughs> That's true. I was playing Cuisine Royale. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Agro was streaming uh, War Thunder. War Thunder. Yeah, yep. yeah. And everyone else was... Um, just jumping in, doing some hobby painting and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Bu- bunch of fun. So Discord is where you find all that, hobbyhomies.com. Um, and, like you know, you guys, we couldn't do this without our patrons. Yeah. So massive, massive shout out to you guys. Uh, Farm Dinosaur, Foggy Highway, Churchy, Dave, Rory, Caitlin, Rad Rooster. We got Arkham, Whack, Joe, Lethal, MJ, Burnsy, Elko, and the man I just mentioned before. Alava. Um So yeah, again, we can we can't thank the patrons enough. We do it every episode. You guys keep us going. Yep. You guys keep us ad free. You guys keep us going. Two episodes a week, doing hobby hangouts, doing the other thing you said, live episodes. Live episodes, yep. Um, you keep our beers cold and our hearts filled with joy. <laughs> so thank you, patrons. Yeah. Without um, you guys, we turn into TSI when they outsted Gary Gygax. Yeah, without you guys, we're trying to, instead of like bring up a ship from the ocean, Yeah, we're trying to like just dig up scrap metal in a backyard <laughs> to make ends meet. So thank you, you guys, because we're terrible at analyzing scrap metal's value, market value. Yeah, it costs uh, about $4 a kilo. Oh, there you go. <laughs> or does it? Who knows? We're terrible. <laughs> so hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This is the conclusion, possibly, of d and I think so. I could have done episode three, man, but no. Nah. That's yeah, too okay. much. Yeah, yeah that's let's true. call it here. There's, For now, there's more. There's so much more. That that finished at about year 2000, 2003. Oh man, there's, twenty years ago, that, dude. That was see, that was hot, uh, that was Dungeons and Dragons third edition, I think. By then, so yeah. there's so much more. But that's that's enough. That's for, it for, for now. now. <laughs> this yeah. is like um the. This is like the closing of the original six Star Wars movies. Yeah. It's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then we'll try and do a third one. It'll be terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah, this is us. Next week we're going to be talking. We're going to be doing a hobby corner episode yeah. on terrain. Hobby corner back in the studio. Back man. in the studio. Best oh, place man. to be for the hobby corner. Best place to be for every episode, but yeah, especially true. the hobby corner. <laughs> Um, so the Hobby Corner episodes, as you could probably assume, focuses around doing the actual hobby. So yep. this one will be about terrain. We'll talk about all the different types of terrain, our personal preferences, yep. pros and cons of each type. It'll tie in nicely with the terrain tournament. Yes. Um, so yeah, tune in for that. Also tune in Thursday for Beers and Banter, where we'll talk about who knows what. Oh yeah, could be anything. Could be anything. <laughs> Hopefully it goes longer than 18 minutes this time. I feel a little bit more fresh than last yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> same here, man. I haven't been baked in the sun for like all day. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We got here after the sun had decided. Not, not quite as many beers deep. Yeah. No, yeah. we're getting there. <laughs> getting there. <laughs> that sounds like a challenge. Yeah, all right, Churchy, you're on. <laughs> all right, I've all been right. Fox. I've been Shane. Peace. All right.